Press on Podcast. My name is Justin, and you are joining us for episode 105, and this is week two of our Christmas series. We're right in the smack dab of this, uh, the middle of this series called Fear Not, and I hope you enjoyed last week as much as me, uh, but if you were like me when listening to it, you cringed because there was some editing issues. Uh, yes, I accidentally left in part of a previous week. Um, so just for a few seconds, it got a little rough. I hope you were able to bear with me in those technical difficulties. This week will be much better. Uh, but let's just dive right into this topic today. Last week, we talked about uh, how when the angels appeared, they, they uttered these words, fear not. And last week, we talked about Mary, and she had to ask herself, she had to say, what is God asking me to do? And, and why am I so afraid of this thing that God is calling me to do? And this week, I want to look at her partner in crime, uh, her betrothed, her uh, uh, affianced, her, her, the person she's engaged to. I want to talk about Joseph. And he's going to have to answer this question, what do people think of me? Because if you're human, if you are breathing right now, sometimes... If you're honest, you find yourself caring a lot about what people think. That is human nature. That is just who we are. Even the most religious people, even the most devout to God, can slip into this idea of, what do other people think of me? Do they see me living my life for God as much as I want them to? Do I look good enough to go to church today? Do uh, And we, we get sucked in the cycle of what clothes to wear, what car to drive, what people to hang out with. Uh, how many likes am I going to get on my selfie this week? And for Joseph, it's this battle. It's this battle between what's easy versus what's right, what people want versus what God wants. Uh, and Joseph is struggling when we first meet him. You know, he's been engaged. We, uh, if you do any kind of research or history, when when a couple back then were engaged, uh, it usually lasted for about a year, but but an engagement was binding. Uh, an engagement was almost already like being married uh, without the ceremony because you were bound to that person you were engaged to. And once you got engaged, it wasn't as easy as it is today to just break off an engagement. The only way out of an engagement was through death or divorce. And and if a fiancé died while you were engaged, you were considered a widow back then. And this is the struggle that we find Joseph in in Matthew 1, starting in uh, verse 18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now imagine Joseph hearing this from Mary. Like, like wait a second you're pregnant, but we haven't even, ah, you wait, you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Don't, don't give me that. Like, I saw the way that the guy over at the well was checking you out. <laughs> like, really, Mary? Come on. So from a human perspective, Joseph had to be either thinking like, this woman is a liar and she cheated on me with some other dude, or she's completely crazy. Like, she really thinks she's pregnant from God. And because we know Joseph was human, we know that part of him is also thinking, what, is, what are people going to be thinking? What are they going to think of Mary? But what are they going to be thinking of me? Because 
this pregnancy out of wedlock, that's going to mark not only Mary, but also Joseph for life. It's going to be harder for him to get hired anywhere. He He's never going to get anybody's father to bless a new marriage. Uh, no one to, to, to give him anything. It's going to be hard work to, to do any kind of business. And here is Joseph, not sure. And we find him about to bail on a relationship with Mary. It says this in verse 19. Her husband Joseph, notice how they already referred to him as her husband. Her husband Joseph, being a just, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So either he doesn't believe her or he, he doesn't want to take the heat for what's going on. Joseph chooses to do the right thing here, the noble thing. He, he's going to divorce her quietly. He's not going to shame her because she could be put to death in this moment because of what happened. And, and in his mind, he's probably thinking, maybe I can start over. Maybe I can find somebody else. Maybe I can build up my reputation here. But Joseph is about to learn one of life's most important lessons, and that's this. That pleasing God often means disappointing other people. Check out verse 20. It says this, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, here it is. Do not fear. Fear not. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, for centuries, people have been waiting on a Savior. And this is the moment that, that Joseph finds out that the Savior is coming. But but not at a, a free price. It's going to cost some people things. It's going to cost Mary. It's going to cost Joseph even their reputation. And here, here's what I've learned over the years is becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. But the opposite is true, too. Becoming obsessed with what God thinks about you is the quickest way to forget what people think about you. And in this moment, we see this happening. Because Joseph knew that the Savior of the world was coming. And either he could, he could choose to worry about what people were going to think about him staying with Mary. Or he could realize that, man, God loves us so much that he's about to do this. And, and not just do it through anybody, but he's going to use me and the story of the Savior that's an amazing honor. But if you're always thinking about what people think about you, you're never going to remember what God thinks about you. And as simple as it sounds, but as true as it is, we need to live for God instead of for people. Here's something I've learned is that if you're not ready to be criticized for your obedience to God, you're not going to be ready to be used by God. Can you imagine the grief that Joseph and Mary endures here? They're going to be scorned, gossiped about. Joseph's not really the father. Oh, you were pregnant before marriage. Like, it's going to be hard. Every good thing is going to be difficult. And if you're not ready to be criticized for that, then, then maybe you're not completely ready for God to use you. We tell students all the time to take a stand for Christ at school, but, it, but if they're not ready, ready to be criticized for that, they're not, going to, they're not ready to be used by God for that in that moment. Uh, we, we, we tell people to, to not get into doing drugs or to get drunk or to, to save themselves from marriage or, or to go on the mission trip instead of on the family vacation. 
But if you're not ready to be criticized for those choices, you are not ready to be used by God. Say no to certain movies. Say, say no to spending and try to get out of debt. Leave your career and go into ministry. Uh, stay where you are. Leave where you are. Give radically. Those things can be criticized by other people, even well-intentioned Christians. And if you can't stand through the criticism, it's going to be hard for God to use you. Everything significant ever done for God was met with resistance. Here's the second thing I've been thinking about this week. The second thing is that extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience. I mean, think about it. The Savior of the world is born when two teenagers say yes to God. I mean, everyone else would have said, oh, don't, don't do it. Like, this doesn't make sense. And Mary and Joseph, they didn't know all of the details. They didn't know how everything completely was going to line up. But they didn't need to. You don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. Remember last week, we said that outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. And you have no idea what you're setting into motion when you obey what God puts on your heart. When you invite somebody to, to church or to a Bible study, when you say yes to going to coffee, when you start serving in your church, when you start tithing, when, when you finally ask her out, when you decide to foster kids, extraordinary acts of God often start with the most ordinary acts of obedience. And above the opinions of people, we see that Joseph actually valued the opinion of God more than anything else. Remember, becoming obsessed with what people think about you versus becoming obsessed with what God thinks about you. Check out Matthew 1, 24. It says this, When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a small thing. David tended to sheep. Paul worked quietly making tents. Ruth harvested before a meeting Boaz. Stephen waited tables. And, and when you're doing these ordinary things, you're, you're going to be tempted to think people aren't going to like this. What does it matter anyway? And you're going to be tempted to think, why would all of this matter? Here's what I know. We always give our best to what we value the most. If you value your appearance, you're going to be obsessed with what you eat, what you wear. You're going to live in the gym. If you value social media, you're going to be obsessed with followers, how many friends you have, obsessed with other posts. If you value what people think, you're going to live for them. But if, if you truly value God, you're going to live for God. You're not going to care what other people think. Everything you do, it's going to matter, even the little things. And you're going to be able to endure the criticism. Man, living in constant fear of what other people think keeps you hold back, held back from living a full and rich life with God. And so this week, if I could pray one thing for you, it's that you press on through the criticism, through the negativity, and you live for God without fear of what other people think. Hey, I can't wait to see you next week for the last week of this series. Fear not. Until then, adios.